0: What happened to you um, when you were around five or six uh, with your mom?
1: We were sitting there watching TV, and we, she just flipped out. She she started yelling and started hitting me, beating me, and I wound up black and blue, had bruises, and I went to school the next day. And the teachers were like, "What happened to you?" And I said, "I fell off my bike." And they're like, "There's no way."
2: When God said there would be no lack, there would be no fear, there would be no sickness. Hallelujah.
0: to miracles today where all you need is faith in God and I've got with me as my special guest today Leslie thank you for joining me thank you and for having I me. heard it's not just you joining me we've got someone else yes for six months pregnant beautiful little boy yeah that's awesome so well let's go back and you know I, I, I've read in uh, your story and um tell me about what happened to you um when you were around five or six uh, with your mom?
1: Okay, um, well, we were sitting there watching TV. Together it was just me and my mom. She was divorced. And we were sitting there watching TV and I was asking her questions about the movie we were watching and it was basically just getting on her nerves, irritating her. Of course, now I know it was other issues, yes. but she just flipped out. She, she started yelling and started hitting me, beating me. Uh, I remember going underneath the coffee table trying to hide from her. She she still got to me down there. And um, I just remember being crushed. And um, and I wound up black and blue, had bruises. And I went to school the next day, and the teachers were like, What happened to you? And I said, I fell off my bike, and they're like, There's no way. There's no way. And so um, um, I praise God I didn't get taken away from her. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but she did go, we were um, in, a, in a church at that time, members of a church, and she went to um, her leadership and they put her through counseling. So actually after the counseling, it never happened again. There was a lot of verbal ag- abuse growing up, but the, right. the physical, that never happened again.
0: So, so your mom was divorced and you're mm-hmm. without a dad. Yes. And here you are five or six years old. Mm -hmm. and you're um, brutally beaten. Mm -hmm. Yes. And all you could think of is don't take me away from my mom?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was afraid of that. I didn't want to be taken away from her. So I I loved her so much and um, and yeah, so I I didn't want to tell the truth. I didn't tell anybody the truth because that's what I was afraid of is that they'd immediately take me away from her.
0: Well tell me what
1: happened later on in your teenage years. Let's go there. Okay. Well, um, shortly after that incident uh, my mom remarried and this would be my fourth father. So yeah. So, so she, mom's fourth marriage. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And they immediately started a family together, um, my sister and my two brothers. And so I was excited about that because for the longest time it was just me. So I grew up with my stepdad and um, I um, I felt left out. I felt very insecure because um, I, didn't, I didn't have that fatherly love in my younger years growing up. And um, so to see my sister and my brothers get that, and I saw a different side of my mom also growing up, um, watching her and watching my sister and my brothers grow up with her. I saw a different side. And so I, I was jealous and I grew up insecure and I grew up hating them and hating people. and. And so did that drive you into any type of substance abuse, or...? Um, yes, I, I, I turned to alcohol. Oh. I started drinking alcohol um, really mainly in my early 20s. In, in my, teen, my, my late teens and early 20s, I um, started drinking alcohol, and um, it just helped me get away. It numbed me. Helped me not think about it, you know, so, yeah. And then, so when did you meet? Dr. Herfouche, um, in my late twenties, we were uh, visiting a church where y'all were having a, a crusade. Yes. And um, of course, I've been seeking. I have been seeking after the Lord for so long. I wanted. I wanted a relationship with Him. I just didn't know how to get it. Yes. And I couldn't find that anywhere in any church. Yes. I went to, and um, so we saw a commercial that y'all were going to be there, and so we went to this crusade, and that's where I met. Um, the two of you. And I was sitting, it was like a seven week revival. And so um, like towards the end of the crusade, I just got so smashed and and, and got filled with the Holy Ghost and just my whole life changed. Well, listen, it was so We're awesome. going to take a break really quick and we'll be back in a moment.
0: Welcome back to Miracles today, and I'm here with Leslie. And Leslie, we, we were just talking about you coming to um, a seven-week revival that we were having in uh, Texas. Yeah, and and uh, God touching you. Yeah. At that point, now, how did you get healed from what happened to you when you were five, six, and then all through? You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Whenever I was a teenager also, um, and throughout my 20s, I was fighting anxiety really, really bad. Yes. (laughs) And um, to the point where I just, I didn't like people. I couldn't be around people. I couldn't be in public. And so I got so healed from that in um, in the crusade. Yes. It's just the power of God just saturated me. I used to drink in bars all the time and that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like I had been just sitting there in the meeting (laughs) while while Dr. Harfus was preaching. It felt like I'd just been drinking and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. It's actually a physical, (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of physical, spiritual feeling that that happens. Yeah, exactly and it it felt so wonderful and and I just, I, I completely, I completely changed. I mean I could feel my heart soften Mm -hmm. and I started loving people I was I used to be so secluded I didn't want to talk to people or be around people because of the anxiety attacks yes and so yeah I just completely got healed well well do
0: something for me Leslie Mm -hmm. I want you to talk to our partners and friends they're watching right now and tell them what International Miracle Institute has done for your life
1: I just want you to know That God loves you. He loves you so much and he has an awesome call. He has an awesome plan, an awesome purpose for your life. And it is so important to get the Word of God in you because it's the enemy's number one purpose to make sure you never fulfill the call of God on your life. So it is so important that you get that Word in you. Um, My first year here, the Lord spoke to me and he told me, you know me when you know my word and I just want to encourage you I want to encourage you to get this word in you whether it's whether it's through the I my correspondence or whether it's coming here in residence because I know that I know that when you get this in you, it will change your life forever. You will step into the, 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 the fulfillment of the, of the perfect will of God for your life. You, the, the blessings of God will overtake you. And I also know that just as, as I have been able to walk in victory, you too will walk in victory 24-7, all the days of your life.
0: So you're, you're walking in forgiveness. There's no more anxiety attacks. There's no more need to abuse substance. And you're a mom. And International Miracle Institute is is really the bottom line. Exactly. It's the bottom line. Complete
1: complete transformation. That's fabulous. Praise God. (laughs) Well, listen,
0: stay tuned with us because later on I'm going to tell you how you can become an International Miracle Institute student. But right now we're going to go to Dr. Christian Harfouche, God's prophet of performance, teaching and preaching the Word of God. That was...
2: For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you, by us, even by me, Silvanus and Timotheus, stopped in the mouth of two or three what? Witnesses, let every word what? Be established. The, Jesus Christ was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Well, why did we preach? Why did we preach a word that's not yes and no? Because the Jesus Christ we're preaching is not a yes and no. Get it? Okay, so now the word of God is Christ. His nature is not a yes and no nature. Why is that? Because. Verse 20, look at that. The word for is the word what? Shout because. Because. some of the promises. How many? All of the promises of God are yes yea yea Lord yea and in him amen you see that unto the glory of God by what shout that word shout it again not by me not by Paul not by Timotheus not by Sylvanus. come on now But by us, us whom? The entirety of the body of Christ that is accepted that all of his promises are yes. Why? Because Jesus Christ is a yes Jesus. His nature is not a yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, maybe, maybe, later, later, never. He's not like that. He's a consistent Jesus. He's not looking to bless a sheep. He's looking to bless the sheepfold. He's not looking to bless a saint. He's looking to bless the sainthood. He's not looking to bless a member only. He's looking to bless the body. Somebody shout hallelujah. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. So now, here's how God gets glory. You say yes, and you say amen, and you say the promises of God are yes and amen. How many of them? All of them. I believe how many of them? All of them. So if, if I believe all of them, then uh, where's fear? And where's lack? Now, th- this is powerful stuff, see? When God talks about all of us. And uh, you know, we are transitioning now in the kingdom of God. And many of us uh, have to make very quick adjustments. Because some of us have been in the word of faith for many years. How many have, have been exposed to the word of faith for 20 years? Let me see here. How many? 10 years. And here, what, here's a truth. You learned about the believer you learned about the promises of God for you as an individual you you learned about how to make God's word yours and that never changes but you have to take that with you to the next step and understand the power of agreement and you have to understand the power of agreement with friends, power of agreement with husband and wife, power of agreement with parent and children, power of agreement in every area of your life. Why? Because you begin to discover that God's word is not just for some people. So you eradicate out of your life this thing of Dr. Arfush, let's get real. We all know that not everybody going to become rich. That's not the issue. The issue is did God promise everybody riches? The issue is not whether they're going to become or not. My job is not to wonder whether everybody's going to get saved or not. My job is did Jesus die for everybody? Are you getting it? Now, as we preach this, faith for this comes. And faith comes for you, especially now in the area where if you think, well, you know, it's delaying in my life then you begin to understand it doesn't need to delay. It's the Spirit of Christ that God has sent in your heart. See, honestly, I know for a fact everyone that is touched by this word under the sound of our voice, your heart says yes. Why? Because he sent the Spirit of his Son in your heart. And it's the amen through him in you that proceeds. But then, if your mind is still... Having a challenge, you won't release that. Amen to the glory of God. Your heart will be saying yes. Your mind will be saying I wonder. But then, when you get your mind and your heart in one accord with this thing, then the next level becomes a level of of um, of um, unstoppable blessing. The Phillips translation says, "Every promise of God. Listen to this." finds it's affirmative in Him. The promises of God owe their existence and power exclusively to the redeeming work of Christ. Now, that means that if we believe in the finished redemptive work of Christ, what He did on the cross then we have no other alternative but to accept the reliability of every promise given because all of them owe their power and their existence to His redemptive work. So to doubt any of the promises of God is to insult the finished redemptive work of Calvary Inadvertently, not knowing it, subconsciously, doubting the promises of God and their reliability for our life is to question the entire and complete success of the finished redemptive work of Christ. And that is the greatest thing that we can, uh, you know, the greatest sin that we can be guilty of is to diminish the power of the cross. And we're not going to do that. So we see here that Jesus has given every promise an affirmative. What does that mean? It is certain, it is affirmative in Him. The promises of God owe their existence and power exclusively to the redemptive work of Christ. Now, remember the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world? Remember that? God already had a redemptive plan put in place before Jesus ever gave his life at Calvary. And every prophet that spoke gave a promise and that promise owed its existence to the fact that God called it done before it was ever done and he called it finished before it was ever finished. Are you here? But then Jesus came and Jesus had to resist the temptations of the devil. of the people and he had to go all the way to say not my will but yours and when he on the cross said it is finished he was taking his words and bringing them into agreement to the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world because in the mind of God the redemptive plan was already put in order in the mind of the Godhead it was already a finished work and so the prophets can prophesy I'm going to give them shepherds and they're going to be fearless and they're going to have no lack and that promise all this existence and in its entirety to the finished redemptive work of Christ. So if in the old covenant before the blood was shed, they can believe it. What do you think I'm going to live in right now? What do you think my household? What do you think my disciples? What do you think my family? What do you think my students? What do you think my partners? What do you think my friends are going to live in? When God said there will be no lack. There will be no fear. There will be no sickness. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
3: Welcome back to Miracles Today, and I'm here with Dr. Christian Harfouch. Hi, Christian. I um, was thinking about that sweet young lady at the beginning of the program when she was talking about how she met you in a crusade in Texas. And um, a lot of times when we go out and we do crusades around the world, um, we have people that are introduced to International Miracle Institute.
2: You know, uh, the Word of God teaches about the Word and the Spirit. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And then Jesus says to us and to anyone who is his disciple, uh, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. And then the Word of God tells us, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And unfortunately, we're discovering that the majority of uh, people who love the Lord with all their heart uh, can grow up in church or can come into the saving knowledge of Christ. And like Leslie, um, uh, for the first time in her life, that she encountered the power of the anointing. It was when she came to that great crusade we had in Dallas, Texas, when God literally just for many weeks touched uh, the city of Rowlett and the city of Dallas and Fort Worth with uh, miracles where the blind eyes opened, the deaf ears were unstopped, And she was exposed to the power of God, tangibly felt an anointing, the, 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 the spiritual power of the, the anointing that God has uh, promised will accompany the word to bring signs following. It says they went preaching everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And um, you're viewing today, uh, uh, friends and, and partners, and and um, you're called, and you know that there is an anointing. You may have encountered the power. You may have at one time been touched by God, but how many? Uh, are there hungry for more you want to learn to carry it with you you wanna take revival with you wherever you go you don't want to just seek where it's at you want to carry it well here's God's will for us through the teachings I am I and specifically about the anointing this is how Leslie ended up moving pursuing more of the reality of God. Sure she got her physical miracle, she got her spiritual touch, but she had this calling, I want to learn how to uh, allow God to be with me, to manifest his power through me. And so the teaching on the anointing the, that breaks bondages, that removes burdens, that cleanses the heart, that washes the mind, that heals the sick and drives out disease, that anointing is in you and on you. If you're a child of the living God, you're called by heaven to understand how to function in that. And isn't that the truth, Robin, that it will not take a millennium or, an, or a decade to learn these things, but impartation will transform their life and you will never be the same, in Jesus' name, Robin. You
3: know, when when the Lord first he really inspired us about raising up 400,000 miracle workers, I mean, I thought, how? I mean, that's just crazy. That's insane. But the 400,000 number right now seems to be small. I mean, I believe that God may raise up more than 400,000. But if you feel called by this program, if you feel tugged on in your heart, then you need to go to the phone and become one of the 400,000 miracle workers and then Join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings.